by Riverside. Welcome to Garage Take Season 3, Episode 17. Make sure if you have not done so already, you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, whether that's the audio version on Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, iHeartRadio, we should be everywhere at this point. Um, and also do us a huge favor and hop over to the Garage Takes YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Um, Joined here by my co-host Brant tonight. Brant, want to welcome you in. Um, I think we probably have a couple of things to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things. You know, Dave, one time, maybe one day we'll get on here and talk about a Michigan loss to Ohio State, but it won't be tonight. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll happen with Ryan Day as a coach. I'm not sure of it. Look, that is the perfect segue for us to hop right into this. Like, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. It'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. I just had to open this one up, man. This was just, this was too good. This was too good. You had a bad day, Ryan Day. You did. Um, no, I'm, I, I'm joking to a certain extent. What a game by Michigan. I can't even dog on, on Ohio State, truthfully. I can dog on Ryan Day, that's for sure. But um, Ohio State, a very good football team. Michigan comes in for the third year in a row and takes down the Buckeyes 30-24 to 24 in the big house. Brant, take me through the emotions of that game for yourself. Dave, it's... Um... It's so funny because over the last couple of years, we were so excited to get this done and, and to have these wins over Ohio State the last couple of years. This year, it felt like, okay, we did it again. Great. The nerves were high. It was a great football game back and forth. Did I ever feel like we were going to lose? Um, in the last 30 seconds, I did have that feeling. I had that feeling of, Oh my God, we've played pretty well to this point. We're going to squander it now. Marvin Harrison, I can see him streaking into the end zone right now. But again, this team shows resolve. <laughs> to take a uh, page out of Dan Campbell's book, it showed grit. Um, it made the timely play when it needed to be made. And the Jalen Harrell pass rush finally gets there, right? Like we have been watching the pass rush all game just kind of get stonewalled and just come close enough to Kyle McCord. And to Kyle McCord's credit, you know, he didn't take very many sacks until the Ohio State Lions credit didn't take, you know, they didn't give up very many pressures. Um, two very evenly matched teams. The emotions of the day, though, Dave, were phew <laughs> when, when Rod Moore picks that ball off it. And it wasn't one of those. They obviously went to review it, but you could tell live. We got nothing to worry about here. That looks like a clean interception. It was a clean interception. And, um, 
back and forth all day. And Dave, I don't know. I don't want to segue into this, but the reviews in that game and the commercials in that game, my God, can we get this fast track, please? Fox at its best, man. Fox I mean, at its best. I mean, I do have a problem with them reviewing every little thing. And I, I mean, Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson are not helping with this. They're like, ah, I don't know. I, you know, I get the intrigue. I get like, come on, like the Roman Wilson thing. Are we serious? Maserati Marv. <laughs> you so didn't, you're, you're, you're not sick of hearing that yet. If I could I'm, hear Gus Johnson say that one more time, I swear. Yeah, And Blake the great, we get it, Gus. Uh, you're going to beat that dead horse. Um, Anyway, Dave, I, as as far as the emotions go for the day, it really was a sense of relief at the end of the day because, man, when you own this rivalry, you fight and you scrape and you claw to keep it in your, you know, you hold on to that rivalry, those wins. Um, and we haven't tasted it in so long. And now you finally have taken over this rivalry you own this rivalry you own them last year we kind of said it but now there's going to be nobody going into this game next year for ohio state that has any gold pants or whatever they have nobody on that roster will have beaten michigan unless it was a transfer from tcu in 2022 or georgia in 21 you know it won't be from them beating them as an ohio state buckeye which is unbelievable coming from where we were in 2020 absolutely you know i find it Interesting. I, I've heard from or read some stuff from various Ohio State, not just fans, but beat writers and all of that, that still genuinely believe that Ohio State had the better team um, and they have more talent. And you, you know what? This is what I love about Michigan. When you look at the stars, right? The four stars, the five stars, the Maserati Marvs, the and, and look, I'm not hating on that kid. He is one heck of a receiver. My goodness. Um They've got all the, the the stars, right? And I know that what Roman Wilson said in the post game, you know, kind of went viral of, look, they're showing up in thousand dollar pants and this and that, and um, but they're not that tough at the end of the day. Like I don't, I don't think I'd go that far. I thought they actually played Michigan very tough. Um, I do think, to Ryan Day's credit, I think that this was a tougher Ohio State team. They did their absolute best to build this team. In the in the trenches to try and combat what Michigan's done to them the last two years, and the reality is, Brant, they just can't do it right now. And 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 that is that's credit to to Jim Harbaugh who wasn't on those sidelines and how he has built this thing to to sincerely combat what Ohio State is is good at. He brings them out of their comfort zone. They make them play Michigan football, Big Ten football, and you know the the spicy plays, the the big plays down the field, all of that. It's like, yeah, you might get a couple, and they really didn't in this game. Um, but truthfully, Michigan's going to make you win it in all four quarters, and Ohio State just has not been able to do that. And, man, I, I did feel like there were three moments in that game for me where I was like, ooh, okay, here we go. Number one was that first Will Johnson pick where it just seemed like, Kyle McCord has not done his homework on on Will Johnson and what Will Johnson does best on jumping a slant route and try to force it in there to Marvin Harrison Jr. Came at a critical time. Um, both offenses at that point had been stopped. Will Johnson gets a huge interception, brings it down. Michigan ground and pounded in, eventually gets it in on, on fourth and goal, I believe, with Blake Corum. Michigan's up 7-0. And it's like, okay, 
okay, now we're now we're ready to to, to settle in. That was the first the first moment of that game. Where I'm like, I felt I felt comfortable. Not I didn't feel comfortable like, oh, we're gonna win this game. But I was like, okay, Michigan's arrived. This isn't some like fluke of a game where we thought Michigan was this and they're really that. Like, because we know how that we know how that can can go and how that feels. Um, wasn't that? So I was like, okay, Michigan's here to play. The next thing where I was like, okay. They're in not just it's not Ohio State's head or the players that they're in Ryan Day's head right now. Um, and credit to Sharon Moore. I mean, coached a perfect game, went for it when he should have went for it, got it. Um, believe they got uh, the, their fourth down conversions 100 percent of the time. And they were they were aggressive when they needed to be. They were conservative when they needed to be. But what they weren't were playing scared. And I thought that Ryan Day played scared at the end of the first half. And when he is trotting his his kicker out there and milking the clock down to uh, kick a 50-plus yard field goal that his kicker hasn't hit all year, I'm not saying he can't hit him. Guarantee he can because Ryan Day wouldn't put him in that position. Um, You know, the timeout helped, right? We saw him kick it good the first time. Sharon Moore calls the timeout, ices the kicker. He comes out, misses it, and it's like – Brant, if that's an Urban Meyer coached Ohio State team, they are 1,000% taking a shot to Marvin Harrison Jr. trying to move that ball down the field um, or to Cade Stowe or somebody. And that's just not Ohio State right now under Ryan Day. And so he can, you know, I played the clip jokingly at the beginning, but it's it's not even the, it's I'll credit the Ohio State players. They didn't play soft. I thought Ryan Day coached soft. And so he's right. This is a tough team, tough players. Tough defense. I don't disagree with any of that. Do you want to know who's not tough, though? Ryan Day, your head coach. And at the end of the day, he played scared. Um, and I think he got caught because because Sharon Moore, first-time head coach, biggest game of his entire life, career, you name it. He didn't coach scared at all. Coached with confidence, believed in his guys. That was the second just huge difference to me. Um, and the game wasn't over at that point. But those, these were the key moments where I was like, okay, yep. Michigan, Michigan is here. And the, the last one, Brant, was unfortunately just the devastating injury that happens. The Zach Zinner, um, gruesome. I mean, it seemed like the entire, you know, all the air got sucked out of the stadium at that point. Immediately, you're seeing um, these Michigan players fall to their knees and just just basically, you know, lift up Zach Zinner in their prayers because, yeah, Zach Zinner, look, the O-line does not – they're not the flashiest guys, right? They're not the names that you hear and you're like, oh, God, like, thank God. I, like, everyone knows Blake Corn, You know, unless you're a diehard Michigan fan, you might not know Zach Zinner. I hope you do, but you might not. Zach Zinner is the heart and soul of this football team. He's a captain. He's a senior. He's a leader in the locker room. And I was wondering how Michigan would would respond there. I hoped, and I, and I think I even said this during the game, was if Michigan comes out right now, and scores a touchdown, this thing might be over um, because that's going to show me how they respond here in the in the face of adversity and their biggest loss of the season with Zach Zinner going down. And what did they do? Hand off the Blake Corum, 22-yard run into the end zone. He throws up the 6-5 into the camera for Zach Zinner, and it was like, okay, Michigan is here, um, and, and and they're not going anywhere. I felt confident the whole way, Brand. I'm just like you, and I'm not like, oh, I was confident. And I wasn't nervous at all. No, I absolutely – are you kidding me? When we go up 30-24 and Ohio State gets the ball with a minute to go and the players they have on that offense, it's say what you will about Kyle McCord. Um, you know what? 
I don't know if after this season, Kyle McCord, I, I doubt he ever takes another snap as the Ohio State starting quarterback. I don't think Ryan Day lets him. But to his credit, he bounced back and got more confident as the game went on. Um, and you were right, Brent. You called it on the podcast. He comes pre-shook. He looked pre-shook um, early on in the game, but he settled in and they're marching down the field. And it's just like, I guess play number four I'll talk about. And then I'll kind of wrap up here is Brent. I felt like when Rod Moore makes that game winning interception, 2016 Michigan, right? We remember that game. That was really the last game. It was like, seemed like Michigan really could have won, should have, should have won. It was the arguable, uh, questionable uh, call uh, on the spot, but whatever. Those teams don't make that play. It's like, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I do. It's a culture change. It's a confidence. It's a swagger. It's all of these things that has been built by Jim Harbaugh and this coaching staff over you know the last several years. But 2021 things changed. We saw it last year um, in Columbus, and then to come back in 2023 um, without your head coach and with Sharon Moore there on the sidelines, 37-year-old coach, gets it done, and it's like, yeah, you heard Blake say it. I know you've heard JJ say it. Job's not finished. Um, it was right the, – the talk right away was, Coach Harbaugh, can't wait to have you back, ready to take on Iowa. Like, that is the mindset of this team. And so it's gone from – oh my God, we beat Ohio State. Like, this is just absolutely insane. The season is basically won at this point to be in like, now Michigan expects to beat Ohio State now. And, and that is how things have changed, how they've shifted. And that's huge for this for this program. So, man, I cannot say enough about this Michigan team, the emotions of that game. I mean, I woke up the next day feeling like I, I played at least three of those four quarters and brand I did. I never stepped foot on the field, but it, but it felt that way. It was such a, that game is always so emotionally draining, but to come out on top for a third year in a row, absolutely incredible. Um, any other thoughts on Michigan, Ohio state here before we talk a little, uh, scenarios and uh, upcoming college football weekend with uh, conference championships and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'll just talk quickly about you. You wanted to talk about Rod Moore and the interception. And, and I think it just goes a long way into saying coaches say it all the time, our preparation, our focus, you know, laser focus, all this stuff. But teams that aren't that aren't in the right spot at the right time. You know what I mean? Like Julian Flemling loses the fumble. And there's your chance to win the ball game right in front of you. Obviously, they recover. Now they're still driving. Um, the very next play, Michigan makes that play. Um, so I, I think it I think it just goes into say like they never got defeated. They never felt like, man, Ohio State keeps throwing punches at us. And in the third quarter, Dave, Ohio State out Michigan, Michigan. And I think that's important because um You've already said it. Ohio State was a tough team. That Ryan Day was not wrong. You were correct about that. That defense that we saw on Saturday will be the toughest defense that this Michigan team faces the rest of the season. Iowa will be good, um, but they're not as good as Ohio State. They don't have the players that Ohio State do. Georgia is very good. Georgia doesn't have the edges that Ohio State has. Ohio State's secondary is actually very good. Denzel Burke had a heck of a game. Igben Nosen wasn't even throwing on because guess what? He had everybody locked up. Like, J.J. was making plays that weren't there that he made there. 
And that was the difference in the ball game was JJ versus Kyle McCord. We had a dude. They had a guy that's learning how to play the position in a tough road environment. And I know Ohio State's dunking all over Kyle McCord, and I get it. It's got to be frustrating as heck to get to the end of the season, 11-0, biggest spot, two interceptions, can't have it. The first ball you can't throw. I understand that. Um, but back to the focus situation, Dave. Um, they come out, they get the interception, and then, you know, it, it just feels like this huge weight is lifted, and now these guys are going to talk their smack. And the Roman Wilson thing, I do want to address a little bit. I do want these guys to remember that they got bounced by TCU last year. Like, I get that you're going to run your mouth and you're going to say what you want to say in this moment because that's your rival, and I totally get that. But really, you haven't won a playoff game yet, dude. Like, there are still things in front of you that you have to get done. And <clears throat> I love how level-sided these leaders are. Um, and I think that we can take some solace in, into knowing, like, J.J. for sure knows we haven't done anything yet. Like, this is not what I'm here for. This is not why certain guys came back, Blake Corum. You know, the Zach Sinners of the world. This is not why they walked back in the locker room was to beat Ohio State. It's a part of it for sure. But the job has really just started. Now, now this is a different ball game here. So, <clears throat> Dave, I love the points that you laid out there. Um, and and looking around, looking around college football, there's so many different styles of teams right now that Ohio State was not what we've seen in the past. I would look at a team like Washington and say, that's more what Ohio State's been in the past, just airing it out everywhere. And um, I know we just got the CFP rankings, and we can go into all that. Um, so I'll just I'll just finish up on Michigan just real quick, and I'll just say, Ryan Day against Jim Harbaugh, there is clearly a mental advantage that Michigan has right now over the likes of a Ryan. Ryan Day and that program in general. So I, I, I would think whether whatever happens to Jim Harbaugh at the end of the season, Tarot Moore is now ready for this job. And, and it's as quick as an interview of, do you want this job? Okay, cool. It's yours. Um, so hats off to Tarot Moore, hats off this team. Um, and, and, and really the fans should just be enjoying the hell out of this one because it's been a long time coming, man. And now it finally feels like you own this thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last thing, promise the last thing I'll say on this, just I was thinking about this as you were talking. The other thing that I, you just can't credit this coaching staff enough that Michigan, and they were criticized early on with Jim Harbaugh and they would get the, they'd get the four-star guys, maybe a five-star guy, maybe you get a Rashawn Gary or Jabril Peppers. But what was Michigan always criticized for during those years? Player development. These guys show up on campus being highly rated guys and they're good by all means, but they don't take that, that step. Right. And, and what's Michigan doing to develop guys once they're there and in the system that lacked for several years these last three years is absolutely different. I mean, these are Michigan guys through and through. Um, these are your three and four star guys. Maybe maybe three stars is an exaggeration, but there's definitely some on this team. Um, but these guys are all getting better. It's it's credit to Ben Herbert, the strength um, and conditioning staff, and 
this is a 365 day a year team that just they they say it all teams do it um but something's different in our in ann arbor right now and brant you nailed it right on the head michigan fans you sit back you enjoy this one all right brant i do want to talk about the college football playoff rankings. I want to talk about the conference championship games this this weekend. Um, Michigan gets Iowa. We don't need to spend a, a ton of time on that because Michigan should beat Iowa. I mean, I know we'll talk the the spread. Um, seems like if they can can score more than a touchdown, that seems like a likely scenario. Um, but you know, there are things this weekend, if you're a Michigan fan, that you absolutely need to be paying attention to because there's a lot at stake for who you are likely going to be playing in uh, the first round of the college football playoff. Brant, I will read the uh, top eight rankings that just came out just for the sake to give us a, a starting point here. So Georgia comes in at number one. Some Michigan fans will argue that we just beat Ohio State. Personally, I'm cool with it, fine with it. I've said all year. Until someone beats Georgia, I'm, I'm good with them being there. It goes Georgia, Michigan at two, Washington at three, Florida State at four, Oregon at five, Ohio State at six, Texas at seven, Bama at eight. Um, and so, Brant, your initial thoughts on those rankings before we talk about some of these conference uh, championship games this weekend and how this is going to impact Michigan. My first thought is that they are – not counting Florida State out because of Jordan Travis. They're still giving Florida State the nod as an undefeated a Power 5 team and saying, yes, you can be in the playoff if you beat Louisville. Um, the second thing I noticed was, I, I think, Dave, you as well, Ohio State sitting at six is interesting because while they won't be a conference champion, if Texas, Alabama, Oregon – Florida State all lose, they will be the one that goes. Now, that's four losses, um, and they'll get in. But I think that's saying – it's interesting because them sitting at six, I think they're playing a little bit of optic game here to say, hey, we're not going to drop you all the way to eight or nine or whatever. They're saying if Texas or Alabama win, we're still going to vault them into the top four. That's what I think, Dave. Um, where are you at on that? I think that's exactly right. I mean, there is a scenario where Ohio State backdoors their way into the playoff again. Um, I know Michigan fans hate to see it, even think about it after last year and what happened. Can you, can you give me a percentage of what you think that would be? I, I, I think it is less than 10%. Okay, um, I, I, I had it at like 4 5%. Yeah. I just, with, with what needs to happen, I just, I don't see it happening. Brant, do I see the ACC championship game going south on Florida state. I, I do. I, I think it's going to be hard for, for uh, them to win without their, their starting quarterback and Jordan Travis, one of the best players in the country, um, Texas, Oklahoma state. I, I mean, personally, I, I do not see Texas losing that game. So there's one that I, not that any game is a, is a gimme, but with the way Texas rolled and how they just absolutely curb stomped Texas Tech this past weekend, they seem to be in, uh, in, in, in tip top shape right now. And look, Washington, Oregon, that's the game that I think is going to be very interesting. I think Oregon comes in as like arguably the hottest team in the country, a team that I certainly don't want to play right now. Um, Washington, 
has, uh, you know, still a, a Heisman hopeful and front runner and Michael Penix Jr. Um, they're going to air it out. Uh, Brant, do you get the sense that with the way things stand right now, and let's just assume for the sake of assuming that Georgia beats Alabama and remains at number one, is it safe to say that if Michigan stays at two, that they will play either they're going to play the Pac-12 uh, champion, right, in in Oregon or Washington, or undefeated Florida State? Is that, or do you think it's just one of those? You think they're just, they're playing Oregon or Washington? I, I believe that Florida State could get to three. I really do. I think that was huge that they sit at four. I now. do too. Yep. And everybody, it's optically going to look terrible for everybody because they're going to say, how could you do that to Georgia as the one seed? They just beat Alabama. You've got to serve Florida State up on a player. They're clearly the fourth best team. But let's say Florida State wins by 14, 17 points. I'm not saying that Michigan would just automatically roll Florida State. Like, look, they still got dudes, Johnny Wilson, um, Keon Coleman. Uh, they have a good running back. Like they, they do have dudes that can challenge you. Um, so I, I'm not taking anything lightly after TCU. I'll put it that way, Dave. Um, and secondly, I think the big thing about the Oregon Washington thing is if Florida state does somehow lose and Texas loses um, the big 12 championship, I think there's a chance that Oregon and Washington could both get in. Um, and I know that's something that people haven't really kicked around, but with the first game being Washington wins by three over Oregon in Seattle, say they flip it around, Oregon wins by three on a neutral field. You're kind of in that situation where I drop Washington to four, Oregon gets bumped to three, and all of a sudden now you have Georgia, Michigan, uh, Oregon, Washington, which I think would be a phenomenal top four, and I'd be there for those games. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but I, I think the wild card here, for sure is Texas. I think that Texas can really throw some wrenches into this, uh, into this top four. So I, I, to answer your question, Dave, I think there's a chance that Texas could potentially meet Michigan as well. So. Yeah, I, I could see it. Brian, I think my, my CFP predictions to start the season was Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and USC. USC, see you later. Not sorry to see you go. Um, and you had Georgia, Michigan, and you had Oregon, didn't you? Yes. And you did. State. And who? In Florida State. Okay. So, I mean, right if, right there in the, in, it, in the hunt right now. It basically, I think if Florida State and Oregon both win – my prediction will come true, I think, right? I I would think so. I think if that's the the scenario, I don't I don't see how anything and, changes and, there. And Dave, we already talked about this. You would almost have to bump Florida State to the three because they're undefeated and Oregon sits at four with a loss. I mean it just is what it is. I mean, that's gonna look terrible. It really will look terrible. But it what can you do? Like I, I I agree. Yeah, it is. The the optics are not going to be be great. I guess one game that we haven't talked about that we are not just going to skim over would be Georgia Bama. Um, I know we'll talk the that's going to probably be one of the the games here in the and we'll take a look at the spreads. But what do you see happening in this game? I mean, Alabama. Look, they won on a hope and a prayer and like the longest fourth and goal I've ever seen. Um, I, 
Look, Jalen Milrose, uh, he's a baller. He is. Um, say what you will about that team. They won. And does does Alabama stand a, a chance right now to beat Georgia? We'll want to know your thoughts on that. You're smiling. Tell me more. I, I just think it's it, it's almost like that that Michigan-Ohio State thing where it's like, well, these guys just go away. Like, we thought we killed you. Can you just leave now? Like, what's it going to take for you to get two losses and leave us alone? And I would almost guarantee that Georgia fans are slightly nervous going into this SEC championship game because not only if Alabama somehow, Dave, somehow, I'm not predicting this, that Alabama pulls this rabbit out of their hat, Georgia has a chance to miss the playoff. Like, that is a possibility. I I can't believe I'm saying that, but it is a real, real possibility. Um, And the other thing, Dave, I think that is, is, is slightly concerning if you're a Georgia fan was the game against Georgia Tech. 31-23, Carson Beck looks shaky, um, and, and he's not going to be perfect. I mean, he's still a first-year starter. Georgia Tech, I just want to interject, though. Georgia Tech is a much better football team than I thought. Just throwing okay. that out there. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. I, I thought defensively they played really well. But listen, <clears throat> Georgia's not this immovable object that they have been the last two years. I think you've seen some chinks in the armor, and defensively, <clears throat> they're good. I, I'm serious when I say this. I think Ohio State's defense is better than Georgia's. Like, I think there are real, real opportunities to take advantage of that Georgia defense. Now, they have seemed to have answers every year, like how a championship team does. I'm not testing their medal. I'm saying that when they get punched in the mouth, they have an answer just like Michigan has had all year too. Michigan has had a counterpunch every time they've been punched. So I think Michigan and Georgia are in a little bit of a separate category than everybody else right now. Dave, if Jalen Milrow goes in and beats Georgia, I will give you all your flowers because I don't know what your little fan obsession is with Jalen Milrow because I can't stand him. He is like watching – he's a little bit like watching Denard Robinson for me. Like, he can take it to the crib at any time. His arm, I mean, he has a better arm than Denard. Don't get me wrong. He can sling it. But, like, his accuracy, no, that's not it. Dude dude isn't not just diming everybody up. Like, that's not going to happen. It's so helter-skelter with that offense. So, Brant, so is the scenario – so Michigan – we're assuming Michigan beats Iowa – Washington, let's say they beat Oregon, and Florida State beats Louisville. So you got three undefeateds there. So are you you're you're confident? Are you confident? I guess that's my question. If Bama does beat Georgia in a close one, whatever, you think they're really gonna take Georgia from one out of there, and they and they've got to move Bama in, and they're gonna keep in flawed Florida State. Now I get it; they're undefeated. I, I'm looking at the rankings. I'm talking myself into that's what's going to happen. You think at the end of the day the committee really does that, that they're not going to let the Bulldogs have a shot at this for losing a close one in the SEC championship game to Alabama? Hold on. In your scenario, you've got to tell me this. Did Texas win? Did you hear me? 
No, you didn't. Sorry, you didn't you're, you're delayed a little bit on my oh, end. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, te- just, sure, just, Texas okay. wins. Texas beats Oklahoma State. Then Alabama's at the four. Then Alabama jumps Georgia, and they're at four. Alabama at four, Georgia at five, Texas at six. Like, I don't know what else you do with it. W- what could you do, Dave? There's nothing you can do. You're not going to keep Washington out. I highly doubt you're going to keep Florida State I don't, out. I don't know. <laughs> but you're not going to keep Brand, Alabama out. They're the SEC champions. As, Mich- as a Michigan fan. That's a dream scenario. Maybe not because then you're going to catch Bama in the first round. So it is a little bit nerve-wracking. But maybe they go to three. Florida State stays at four. I, you know, call me crazy, but – the SEC champion is going. The ACC champion should be going. Um, the Pac-12 champion for sure is going. And the Big Ten champion is going. Then you have four champions. What do you want me – you didn't win your championship. You didn't win. You didn't win your championship. I get it. You won 12 games. Guess what you didn't do? You didn't win your conference. All conferences are not created equal. I get it, but – Dave, how could you defend? How could you defend Georgia going in over Alabama? I can't because I'm defending it based on the the name brand, right? <clears throat> based off of it, it being Georgia, the back to back national champions. Georgia, the twelve and zero Bulldogs. Jo- like Don't Georgia lose. is the behe- yeah. No, I I hear you, Brant, but I'm just telling you. You asked me like why I struggle with it, and that's why because it's like when I say that out loud and I think about Florida State playing Washington in the two three like ah I don't know you're right I don't see how it plays out a different way but this Bama Georgia game is going to be one to watch um, I know we're going to talk to spread spoiler alert I'm taking Bama with the points so. Um, I, I think that that uh, yeah yeah I am. Um, so, um, wait wait before we go before we go off of this, I do have to I do have to ask you. Um, so, whether do do you think that this is another nail in the coffin to the four team playoff? Like these scenarios that we're kicking, the scenarios that happened last year, Ohio State backs in, um, you know. It just – do you think that this is another year and in, in, in it points to we have to have this 12-team playoff? 1,000% yes. I mean, Brant, I'm going to read you the top 12 teams. I, I did the, the top eight. I'll read them quickly. We'll get the bottom four. Tell me what a 12-team playoff would look like here. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Bama, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. All of those teams are undefeated, one loss or two loss teams. There's there's some teams in there that, let me that ask, yeah, absolutely let me, can make let me a can this. make a case. Give me a point. Give me a point spread for Washington, Penn State. What do you think that would be? I think that that sp- oh god, that's a that's a good question. I think it would be very very close, like three to I think five. It'd be very close. Like almost like almost yeah like a, I'm I'm thinking like a two and a half point. Yeah, think about that, I do. And, and, and I do. Th- and and yeah, you know, 
And I, I guarantee you, so the Bama-Georgia line, nine and a half this weekend. We'll talk about that in a second. What would Bama-Oregon be? Or what would Oregon-Georgia be? Six and a half? You know, like five and a half? Probably. The, 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 par- the parody this year, Dave, is NFL-like. Like, it is one through 12, Missouri. I think Ole Miss is a dog – like, it's – Dog water, whatever. I don't like Ole Miss, but outside of that, I think that there's some really good teams one through twelve. Who's the best team, Brant? Uh, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Um, <laughs> I think top to bottom. Go ahead. You. you... <laughs> I'll say. I think Michigan's got the best team this year. I think they got the best team. I think that I think they finally have Look something. Look at this that guy. Have, I think they have something though that they haven't had in the past though, and that is playmakers in the secondary. And I think that this year the biggest difference could be Colson Loveland. You saw the game he had against Ohio State. He makes this offense much more dynamic. I think that. And Barner, too. Barner's a huge piece to this. Um, I think that Michigan has the best team very close with Georgia. All right. On that note, Brant, bring us into the betting segment here. We've got some good ones to talk about this week. Can you can we stick with college football here for just a moment and then finish up with the NFL bet so we can talk a little bit of Lions this episode? So, Dave, I'm going to go right in order of the games. Uh, Friday's game, Oregon at Washington. Not really in Seattle. It's actually in Las Vegas. But Washington catching nine and a half in a neutral game. They're the undefeated team. They're the number three seed. But they're playing Oregon. I I understand. And I think Oregon, like I said earlier, was one, one of the, if not the hottest team in the country. Um Nine and a half is a lot of points. I I don't know. I, I, I think that that puts a little bit of a, I want to say disrespect on uh, Michael Penix Jr. in the Washington offense is probably more of a reflection of Washington's defense and how they, how they stack up. But I'm going to take Washington with plus nine and a half here. What Dave, about you? This is obvious to me. For sure, Washington. Like, not only do you get the nine and a half straight up, this screams if Washington is down late, they're going to be throwing the ball over the place, and it feels like a backdoor cover at least. Like they're going to, they're not going to go down without a fight. And you're getting the nine and a half. If you feel more comfortable buying it up to ten and a half, do that. Um, but I'm I'm rolling with Washington with you. Um, Georgia at Alabama. We just talked about this. I was a little bit off. Um, Alabama getting six and a half. Uh, I believe this game is played in Atlanta. Is that right? I think so. I think yeah, that's accurate. That sounds right. Yeah. Six um, and a half. Yeah. I, I, I'm taking Bama plus six and a half. Look, I think Georgia wins this game. I do. I, I, I know that I'm kind of put the worry bug out there about Alabama, but um, I just have a feeling that this game is one um, within a, within a field goal. And I think it's going to be closer than people are, are anticipating here. Look, Nick Saban, he does not want to lose again to 
one of his former assistants, Kirby Smart. <laughs> Alabama has everything to play for. Their season on the line, a chance to still make the college football playoff. Um, and I just think they're going to come ready. I do. I think it's going to be an SEC dogfight, and I think it's going to be a close one. I'll take Bama plus six and a half. What about you? Dave, these two teams absolutely hate each other. There is no doubt about that. For all the fans that watched Ohio State-Michigan last week, tune into Georgia-Bama and you feel that rivalry. You'll feel um, some hatred for each other. Uh, I'll grab Georgia here. I do – man, I touched on it earlier. Jalen Milrow is a heart attack with a football. Like, it is hard to watch sometimes. And I'm only laughing because, like, only he could convert a fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. <laughs> like, Saban's running around like a 10-year-old kid. And, I mean, that's why we love this sport is for games like that. That was so – while it's Alabama and, like, I don't ever like to see Alabama win, I guess. But that was such a cool moment. And I get it, dude. Like, why you think that they can get this done. And, I mean, their defense is always okay. Like, I shouldn't say okay. Their defense is usually very good. But this year they've been good enough to get them to 11-1. and one. I like Georgia to cover the six and a half, though. I like it as a seven to ten point Georgia win. Um, all right, Michigan or Iowa? Iowa grabbing twenty three and a half. Dave, the over under is something along the lines of like thirty six and a half. So this is weird. One of the weirdest games. I'd stay away from this one personally. Um, I'm going to grab Iowa at plus twenty three and a half. Um, I, I just kind of think that I think Michigan will there will be it'll be very close to this spread. I won't surprise me if Michigan covers it. Um, but I see Michigan up like three touchdowns and just honestly trying to get out of this game healthy. I hope anyway. Like that's my selfish. Like I don't need to see us beat Iowa by thirty five points. I don't like just give me a win by you know a few touchdowns and give me good health coming out of this game because it could be a dog fight. You're going to likely win this game, but Iowa plays tough, and their defense is going to hit you hard. And, Brant, please, for the love of God, keep J.J. McCarthy healthy. Keep this old line as healthy as possible. Keep Blake, Donovan, I, like the defense. We need everybody healthy going into this college football playoff. Um, so, for that reason, I'm taking Iowa plus 23 and a half. What about you? I'll take Michigan. Listen, I don't like saying this. I really don't because I – I find it disrespectful when people say stuff like this. Iowa sucks. Like, um, <laughs> uh, their offense is so bad. And, Dave, I know you watched Iowa-Nebraska, and you're sitting there and like, do I really got nothing to better to do on Black Friday than to watch two JV programs play Brand, each other? I'm looking, I'm looking at Iowa's quarterback and wondering what bowling league they picked that guy up off of to go play uh, quarterback. They started calling him the Pillsbury throw boy. Um, so, <laughs> uh, uh, Deacon Hill, he is obviously filling in for Cade McNamara. I would, uh, I think every Michigan fan actually down, down deep really wanted to see Cade McNamara, Eric all and, and be in this game and to, to the victor go the spoils. Like, they would have loved another heated matchup with uh, Iowa. You know what I mean? Because the 2021, while it was a blowout, it felt a lot closer than it actually ended up being. At halftime, I think the score was like 14-3 to or something. It won't be that close this time. It could be 28-3 at half. It could be 28-0 at half. 
I think that Michigan pours it on early and often. And look, if you're an Iowa fan, you just can't move the ball, man. Like the defense is what it is. I get that. But Michigan just played a really good defense in Ohio State. Like really like better than yours. And um they didn't kind of they didn't really have their way with them. But I think that Michigan coming out of that Ohio State game, they're hungry, dude. Like they want this Big Ten championship. They'll get it done. I like them to cover the 23 and a half. All right. Let's head into the NFL, Dave. Let's talk a little bit Lions, Saints. Um, Lions coming off the heartbreaker uh, on Thanksgiving Day. And I say heartbreaker, you know, it's a middle of the season game. I get it. But like the Thanksgiving game, everyone watches. So it feels like a little bit of a heartbreaker on top of you lost to the Packers, which is an extra kick to the gut. Um I think in that game, the secondary was really exposed. Um, and they just didn't have an answer time after time. The tiny hand showed back up. Um, <laughs> rough day. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this, so you don't have to drop ready. But tiny hands golf came out, and it was just bad, Dave. And so I'll just let you go. Look. I no, I don't have the tiny hands drop ready. I thought we retired that last year. Um, but look, I'm not overreacting to the Lions losing this game. I'm not. Um, I, yeah, sucks. You don't want to lose a divisional game, let alone on Thanksgiving and the national spotlight. Um, just was a stinker of a game. You're going to have those. It's the NFL any given Sunday. I'm not too worried. What I am worried about Um the defense is week by week falling further and further down in like confidence level for me where like they went from being a strength to being like we may be good enough to being like this may be a liability. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little concerned about that defense. And the second thing I'm concerned about is uh, the guy you just mentioned, and that would be Jared Goff. Um, we cannot this team. This team, everything that that I have said, that we have said about this team, their potential, what they can reach this year, look, it's all out of play. If Jared Goff is a turnover machine and he's not reliable, um, you've never, you don't need Jared Goff to be Patrick Mahomes. It's not who he is. It's not what he's good at. He's been good at managing a football game, making the right throw. And, um, and when he does make a mistake, he bounces back from it. Brant, the turnovers he has had these last couple of weeks, it concerns me. It really, really does. Um, and so, yeah, I, am I concerned about a loss to the Packers? No. Um, but on a larger level defense seeming like a certain seem like a liability and, I'm very concerned about Jared Goff and these turnovers because if if you've got a quarterback who turns over the, the the ball like he has, you might as well kiss your playoff hopes goodbye. Yeah, Dave. And uh, let me ask you because you said you weren't too concerned. Let me ask you if you're concerned about four and a half them covering four and a half going to New Orleans. I'll tell you a place where you don't want a quarterback that has had some turnovers recently going into is a Hornets nest like. <laughs> like the Little Caesars Superdome or whatever it's called now, the Caesars Sports Arena, whatever. Um, that place is absolutely rocking forever. The Saints could suck, and that place is going to be 10 decibels, dude. Like, um, so, so I ask you this. 
Do you see the Lions covering the four and a half and getting some of their mojo back? I do. I see a big bounce back game from the Lions. I think there is one guy in particular who's very comfortable playing in New Orleans, coaching in New Orleans, and that would be none other than uh, your head coach, Dan Campbell. And I think he knows what that environment brings. He'll have these guys ready to play. Um, and, and the other thing is, too, Brant, New Orleans is dinged up right now. Um, they, they they lost Michael Thomas. Surprise, he played like four games this year. Um, but then you recently also uh, lost Chris Olave last week. He goes out with a concussion. Haven't heard an update this week. I mean, it's early in the week right now. Um, they're likely without him, I would guess. Um, I just I don't think that that offense is going to operate the the same way. And uh, their defense is, is good. Their defense could call. I mean, we're going to find out. Like, we're going to find out about Jared Goff and these turnovers uh, this weekend. Although not a great defense, a good defense. And in that em- environment, like you said, they're even better. Um, but all that all that being said, I expect a big bounce back game from the Lions. I see them moving to 9-3 to and three and getting the train back on the tracks. What about you? Yeah, I see that you uh, mentioned that Olave and Thomas are out. A couple of Buckeyes. Charmin soft. Um, <laughs> listen. This this is troublesome for me. I think this game is close. I think that the Saints are playing for their division. Dave, if you're not aware, the NFC South, I know you know it's a train wreck. But listen, the, the Saints are right on the verge of, of being in the lead for that division. If they get this one, they will be leading the NFC South. Um, and the Lions are shaky right now, man. And I don't like where this team is at in the secondary the Saints do a bunch of weird stuff with Taysom Hill. Like, it's a bunch of different packages. Um, you know, they use Kamara in such odd ways, you know, that that really – it's tough to prepare for. I'll put it that way. I like the Saints with the four and a half. I do like the Lions to make this a close game, but I'll take the Saints outright on top of the four and a half. So just give me that, Dave. Um, all right, Broncos at Texans. Texans favored by three and a half. And I have to give you this game because the Broncos haven't lost in like, I don't know, a month and a half maybe. They are like one of the hottest teams in the league. The Texans also happen to be one of the hottest teams in the league. I mean, they're both like six and six. But, Dave, do you like the Texans to beat the Broncos by three and a half? Well, let's put it by four. Sorry, I think our timing will be a little bit off. Cause I think you're delayed on my end, but we'll, we'll, hopefully this will we'll come out okay. I I, I will take uh, the Broncos here, plus three and a half. Look, credit to C.J. Stroud and having an outstanding mm. rookie season. This Texans team, D'Amico Ryans, I mean, Dan Campbell to me, coach of the year. I put D'Amico Ryans right there in that conversation as well with what he's done in year one with that Texans team and kind of flipped the culture on its head right there because that organization has just been a dumpster fire mess. Um, And like you, you teed it up perfectly. The Broncos are a hot team right now. Sean Payton starting to get his his handprint on this team. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos out right here. I think experience matters. I think I'll take Russell Wilson over C.J. Stroud in this one um, in a close game. What about you? I like the Texans. Um, I like the Texans to win, but I'll roll with you with the Broncos, man. This feels like a field goal game. 
I, I will I will ride with the Texans or um the Broncos though. I like the Texans to win. Um all right, 49ers at Eagles, probably the game of the weekend. Eagles Bills, close game last weekend. That was a fun watch. Eagles seem to be a fun watch every week. Do you like them at home getting two and a half? Very, very interesting. Eagles getting two and a half at home, and they're the one-loss team. Hey, look, good news for Lions fans, Cowboys fans. 49ers or Eagles, one of them are going to have a loss after this upcoming weekend. Um, Two very good teams. I'm going to take the Eagles uh, plus two and a half. I don't know if they win, but this just seems weird to me. In Philly, um, I mean, the game of the week, it just seems Jalen Hurts teeing up another MVP like season. The, the the Eagles, even when they're down or they're struggling, they are able to right the ship like in game. We saw it against Kansas City. Um, this Eagles team is, they're good. I mean, the Niners are too. That defensive front, I mean, what a blessing to get Chase Young for a 10th round pick. Like, come on, Lions. Um, but I, I still will will take Philly here with plus two and a half. Brant, what about you? Dave, I'm going to go with you. Um, <clears throat> only for the fact of Hurts over Purdy. I like I like that matchup for Philly. They're at home. You're getting points. That usually means we're going to lose this bet for sure. But you know what? We're going to ride with it. All right, let's ride. Um, let's ride on out of here. If you have not done so already, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the Garage Takes podcast. Hop over to that YouTube channel. Go to the Garage Takes page. Hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. We will catch you guys all next week. Have a great one. Powered by Riverside.